Hey guys, welcome to the People's Silent Speaker Podcast. Here, we are going to be giving thought-provoking discussions on the subject of today. Oh my gosh, yes. This... We're going to be talking about the truth of what's really going on in this country, because it is... Oh my gosh, there's a lot. And... And we're really excited for this, though. So, uh, let's stop wasting time and let's get right into the episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm sorry for the little hiatus that we went on, but it's fine. We're back now, and we boy, do we have a lot to cover because of our little break. So, we're going to start off really strong because today... We're going to be talking about how the Biden administration is bringing Obama to the White House, how Elon Musk is buying out leftist companies, and how Disney has decided to completely dive their toes into the political pool, and now we're seeing the consequences of their actions. All of that today on the People's Silent Speaker podcast. Let's get into it. So, first off, uh, a while back, uh, Obama came to the White House. So he did this, I guess the Democratic Party decided that in order to have Joe become a better president, because in some of the polls of his approval rating is down in the dumps, like it is 33% in some polls. And even among his own party, he has 72% approval in the Democratic Party. Trump and Obama, in their own respective parties, was around... 80-90% I believe and looking at Joe it is drastic so they brought him to the White House Obama so that Obama could kind of rub off some of his uh, great presidential stuff I guess I don't know just gotta rub off that juice just just Obama being there his presence will flow out into the White House and it'll be blessed again or something and Biden won't be as bad but of course it's not what happens because we have a terrible president and instead it's it's just sad <laughs> there are so many pictures out there that you can really look up and there are some of Biden literally trying to grab Obama's shoulder but Obama's so popular that uh, he's got the press clamoring to have Obama as opposed to Biden because Obama's way more popular than the president of the United States and so it's just really sad to see the most powerful person in the world wandering around a room and it's it's just sad because it's a dementia riddled brain that doesn't know why he's here and why no one wants to talk to him and he's just alone. I mean, you can look up these videos. The Daily Wire has a great uh, catalog of all of the Biden fails. And you can look them up. But it's just really sad that the President of the United States, the most powerful person in the world, is wandering around a room. Alone. <laughs> so, it's... <laughs> yeah, so... Self-centered Obama was brought in uh, to boost... Biden's votes and approvals that failed Biden is still in the dumps and he is just doing terrible but yeah I mean speaking of Biden not being able to have control over anything and he's just he's it's pathetic I mean there's a situation this week this Easter weekend that Jill Biden had to tell him to wave to <laughs> to wave to people to make sure that he was still on track and it's just it's it's so sad that the president of the United States does not know what he's doing why he's here 
and why everyone is trying to talk to him at once, and he's just reading off the lines that they're feeding to him. And what I mean by they is whoever's controlling the puppet, Joe Biden. So, yeah. Uh, when, on Easter e weekend, we had Joe Biden, he was talking to the press, answering questions, and <laughs> the Easter Bunny was there, and the Easter Bunny comes up to him, and he scares the living heck out of Biden. He's frightened for his life. There's a little clip here, if I can find it. I'll uh, show it, but it's just, I'll try and describe it the best I can, and he looks frightened as a little child would uh, on Halloween as the chainsaw murderer is running down the street to come to the child. Biden looks like that. He's got that face on as he sees the bunny rabbit. He turns and he sees it, and the bunny rabbit's like, hey! <laughs> He's got his arms outstretched, and he pulls Biden away from the press. And it's just, it's its so humiliating. Like, you've got the President of the United States, again, the most powerful person. Not, not the region, not the nation, not the continent, but the world. And he's being escorted around by an Easter Bunny. Yeah, we're, we're respected on the world stage. Yep, that's definitely true. That's it were respected that's why that's why russia didn't invade ukraine oh oh well i guess that didn't happen anyways so elon musk you may have heard this and it's become super popular of a news story uh whether you're on one side of the aisle or on the other side elon musk did buy nine percent of twitter and uh stocks or shares and he became the biggest shareholder in Twitter, and he essentially had the most uh, voting power in all of Twitter, even more than the board, or the CEO, or the co-founder, Jack Dorsey, who left the company just a bit ago, and uh, he's not that anymore. He Another company now owns about 10% of Twitter, but besides the point, this really put the left on the edge, but that's not the only thing that put them on the edge. The thing that really put Democrats on the edge of their seats and made them biting their nails is the fact that Elon Musk made an offer to buy a hundred percent of Twitter at $54.20 per share. There's a little joke there, 420, yeah, haha. <laughs> so Elon Musk is now buying Twitter. It, that's the plan. Although Twitter has uh, essentially poison pilled, and so they're going to release a bunch of shares and they're essentially going to make their stock plummet and it's going to make it just really hard for Musk to actually buy it and be financially ruining for the richest man in the world. So that's kind of really unfortunate because Twitter, as Musk said, it needs a restructuring and it needs to go into a situation where people aren't banned just for their political opinions or banned for saying things that oppose the Democrats. And so Musk is essentially supporting free speech. Wouldn't you think that that is free speech, being able to say what you want uh, within the rules of the law and not being censored or removed from the face of the internet just for saying your views? Just for saying what you think. 
I mean, isn't isn't that free speech? Well, apparently not. A lot of Democrats actually think that uh, if Musk takes over, he's going to be threatening free speech. Another argument that the left has made, which I find quite hilarious, is that they don't want another billion... No, not another billionaire. They don't want a billionaire controlling Twitter. They feel like that would infect it. But, <laughs> I mean, look at the board of Twitter. I guess they're not billionaires? <laughs> I didn't... I didn't know when that happened. Um, I didn't know that they weren't uber rich. Didn't know that they lived in uh, small homes in the middle of a suburban neighborhood or something like that. No, they're they're millionaires and they spend their money. <laughs> they they are not they're not as rich as Musk. That's for true. That's for sure. But then again, Musk would still be. At the very worst, he would be equally as bad as them, but I think that he would be a much greater good for Twitter than, you know, you'd really get from any anyone on the board right now. So, yeah, there's that. The left hates it. Essentially, the new uh, version of the phrase, I'm going to move to Canada if Trump wins in 2016, the new one now is, I am going to leave Twitter if Elon Musk buys it. So... You know, we got that going for us, so we'll have a bunch of Democrats leave Twitter all simultaneously, the same day. It'll be wonderful. Twitter will somehow be turned into a right-wing conservative platform because that's all, all the people that will be on it. <laughs> that would be really interesting. <laughs> I don't think it would happen, just like it didn't happen with the other phrase that people moved, didn't actually move to Canada. Some might have, actually. I believe it. But... Yeah, moving on. I mean, really, it is a wonderful thing because just one other aspect of the situation of Elon buying Twitter is that he's also decided that he's going to sell his 9% shares if they deny his uh, sell, which sounds like a threat and sounds illegal, uh, but it's it's not. He, he has phrased it as uh, it's not going to be a worthy investment for him to own that 9%. If Twitter isn't going to be making those changes that he believes needs to happen and if he doesn't buy it and is able to have the power to make those changes then he's gonna sell those stocks the shares and Twitter's stock is gonna drop so fast that it's gonna be like a rock to the bottom of the ocean and that'll be bad for Twitter and I mean that would be good for me, at least. I mean, it's the old meme, you know. Uh, I don't need Elon Musk to win. I just need Twitter to lose or something like that. So, of course, there's that. And then if Elon does end up buying Twitter, then, I mean, so that's a massive win. And Twitter will actually become a free speech platform. So, moving on. Let's move to the Disney topic. See, Disney... Disney has decided to dip their toes in political hot water. And after the uh, so-called don't say gay Florida bill that everyone's calling it, which is not true, it's the parental rights and education bill. And I feel like we've kind of touched on this, but Disney has essentially come out and said that they're against parental rights and education. That's essentially what they, they, they're saying that. And there is also a leaked interview where a high up 
on the Disney, I think it was an executive producer or something like that, someone very important and influential said that they're putting gay into everything that they can and they have a uh, not-so-secret queer agenda. And so Disney has dipped their toes into this hot water and now they're getting the bite back. Now they're feeling the heat of the water and Florida, DeSantis, has now decided that he's going to remove the special tax districting that uh, Disney has stood on at Disney World for so long. And I mean, Disney has sunk so much money into Disney World that they cannot pull out their investments at this point. I mean, if they did, Disney would go bankrupt. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to pull out all that money and move it somewhere because a lot of it is not really movable. It's just destroyable. So if Disney removed uh, their assets in Florida, they would be pretty ruined. <laughs> they would be pretty bad off. And thing is, that's that's what some people on the left want. They want Disney to pull out of Florida, no matter what the consequences may be. And that just kind of says something about the left, that they don't care about you or anything that you do, no matter how far you bow down to their agenda or how much you lick their feet or be their lapdog, you will never meet their expectations and you will always be determined as bad, as something to be hated. And does, no, no corporation has figured this out, except the Daily Wire and their right-wing uh, company. And Disney hasn't figured this out, so they're just the lapdog and they're catering to crybabies, and that's what they're getting. And they're losing their family uh, customers, which is all Disney is based off of. It's families. That's what they, that is the niche that they have carved out. And if they leave that niche, it will be filled because it is a very, very popular niche and a very lucrative, uh, money-wise niche. So there is that. And so Disney's kind of trying to silently back away into the corner, uh, Homer Simpson into the Bush style. And DeSantis has taken none of it and he is... He is throwing back the consequences at Disney, and Disney's going to be losing their special governing uh, area that they have over Walt Disney World, and that's honestly what should happen. Disney World should not get away scot-free, or Disney in general should not get away scot-free while still saying all this stuff. And it's good, because a lot of people have stood up and they've uh, really pushed everything Disney away and all that has definitely spoken to Disney it's definitely sent a message because one thing that we know is that corporations will still go to the market because capitalism but they'll still bow down to the left so they're trying to balance between the two and it's really hard and Disney's falling over at this point and so they're getting their consequences so honestly that's really good that's really awesome so, again, let's move into Ukraine. So, Russia has apparently threatened nuclear warfare on Finland if they decide to join NATO. And Finland has uh, announced that they'll be thinking about, they'll decide, not thinking about, they are thinking about joining NATO. 
and they will decide if they are going to in upcoming weeks. Now, consequences of that is if Finland joins NATO and Russia nukes them, we have to go to war with Russia. But Russia isn't going to like that because uh, mutually assured destruction, Russia will get nuked and therefore the entire world into just a crazy spiral of nuclear warfare, which would be chaotic. So that's definitely, it's a valid threat, but I mean, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that Russia is picking this time to go full warfare on everything. But I mean, it is, it is warfare. And as the old phrase goes that both fair in love and war. So next up, we've got the libs of TikTok Twitter account. So this is an amazing Twitter account. And if you haven't gone over and seen it, even if you're not on Twitter, it is still worth it, uh, checking it out because it does the best journalism that anybody has. It's the most important journalism that is out there. You see, uh, the person behind the libs of TikTok posts content about what Democrats are saying, uh, to their outlet on TikTok because that's kind of the democratic outlet. And that's also the place where a bunch of people, uh, from my generation, specifically Gen Zers go to in order to get their entertainment, which is really sad. And it's a mental illness of itself, but it's even more of a mental illness when, uh, you've got people listening to the democratic talking points here. You've got people that are literal groomers <laughs> and they are called such on this Twitter account and they are called out and they are found out and they are mostly teachers who are fired because if these are the teachers that are teaching children about what to think, because that's knowing the thing is, is that teachers don't just teach children, uh, how to think or what they should learn and all that but they teach kids how to think and that's important. They will, school is a place where a lot of kids spend their time away from their parents and it's a place where Democrats and leftists and groomers can get to them without having any interference from the parents who will interfere. And so you've got this isolated place at school and when people don't know what's going on in there, it's a perfect place for the left to go in and indoctrinate all the children, confuse them, make them think that they're gay or that they're queer or that they're part of the alpha alphabet soup group and all these things that aren't true about these people. It's not that they are in these groups. It's just that they're confused. It is, it, it's not, it's not that people are actually born in a wrong body. That's not, it doesn't, doesn't happen. Cause then you're saying that God made a mistake. And even if you don't believe in God, that's suggesting a lot of different things. But the fact of the matter is that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. But when Democrats come in and confuse children who don't know this stuff, they don't need to know the stuff and they don't have opinions or knowledge about the stuff beforehand and they shouldn't because it's childlike innocence and the Democrats come in and confuse them and they bring a bunch of these talking points and turn them 
into they pump out children out of these little government factories as good little liberals and it's just really horrifying because you know the parents don't have any say in that and so the libs of tiktok account is bringing attention to these things that they are teaching in schools and on tiktok itself and so it's really wonderful it is one of the greatest accounts out there probably the greatest accounts out there with useful content but unfortunately and really just terribly uh the person behind uh tiktok uh libs of tiktok has been doxxed by none other than taylor lorenz at the washington post now the thing is is that taylor lorenz is just another name in the floating of journalists and thing is is that just a few weeks earlier taylor lorenz complained about her being doxxed and about how traumatizing it is and how terrible it is to have the worst people on the internet to know her information and she's crying about this and she's pouring out her soul and all this stuff and the thing is is that i do not feel sympathy for her at all because what she did next is she doxed the person behind libs of tiktok even after all the things that she said about being doxed herself and that's just angering to me because if she knows all that if she feels all that about how terrible it is to be doxed and have your informa information out there on the internet then why would she do this well it's because it was just a show and it is terrible for people to have their private information out there on the internet i would hate it if that happened to me that is not something that i would want and see if she hated it so much you'd think that she would not do it but she did and the thing is is that if you go and look on the article that she posted at the washington post uh it gives a lot of things and when it first was published it gave a hyperlink to the uh information to the current residence of the woman behind the libs of tiktok account and all these things and taylor lorenz herself went and visited uh the woman behind libs of tiktok she, taylor lorenz visited her relatives and that's kind of harassment just a little bit but i mean it's i think it's called uh shoe leather reporting or something or other but it's just it's wrong on a deeply moral level and so libs of tiktok is now uh hiding in a safe house to make sure that all the people that did see that link and do know that information are not going to come to her house and attack her so she is at a safe house and she is safe at the current moment but thing is is i can't get around why taylor lorenz uh hated so much that someone doxxed her but yet doxxed someone herself either she did not feel that way that she did not feel that it was that bad of an experience to be doxxed or she just doesn't care about anyone's feelings but herself and personally i'm going to go for the latter if i had to bet on it
so really truly not a good situation for the libs of TikTok. But this is this is the world. It's it's war essentially. It's a it's a type of war that the Washington Post has launched against uh, private information being private. So going back to Florida because you know I love jumping around topics so much that we're just gonna hop around like the like the Easter Bunny uh, that's haunting Biden's dreams. So DeSantis is removing 41% of math textbooks in Florida and citing CRT as the reason. So this is good because there are situations that CRT has been put into math, believe it or not. Like that is so wild. Like how do you how do you get a concept such as CRT into math? Now just to clarify, CRT is critical race theory where if you're white, you're privileged, and you will always be victimizing uh, black people or people of color. And if you're a person of color or black, then you are victimized and you'll never amount to anything because you're victimized by the white supremacist system. It's an, inc an incredibly racist theory, but it's still being paraded around by the left who claims themselves not to be racist, which is ironic, but moving on. See, math textbooks, you may wonder how that can happen. But here, let me give you an example. Uh, the math textbook could try and give a problem to the students, such as what is the probability that a black woman will get into college versus a, black, a white male getting into college. And it could totally rig the numbers because school, they have to provide the numbers, the data for the students to solve it, not actual real data. It doesn't have to be, it's just a problem, and it could be a fictional problem, most of them are. And so, you could have this math textbook create a problem that is so incredibly racist that it would make someone subconsciously think, well, the black woman has a less chance of going to college than the white male who has a higher chance of going to college. And honestly, even that situation, it would not be true, <laughs> because affirmative action has been legalized. Uh, which is another racist uh, concept that has been adopted by the courts for colleges, which means that colleges can uh, legally uh, take in any students of color and not look at their credentials or anything, and they can just take them in just based off of their color or their uh, sexuality or essentially their characteristics that aren't credentials of knowledge or things that you would actually look at in order to get into college. Like a college taking in a black woman versus a white male, not because the white male is less credentialed than the black woman, but that the black woman, it doesn't matter if she's highly credentialed or not, or that the white male is highly credentialed or not, she's just taken in because she is a black woman. That's the situation of affirmative action. And, see, it's just, it's so twisted, this world, that I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in four years when the election comes around. Well, that's, it's two years, but four years when we actually get to see what's happening in that uh, presidency. Which, I don't know, it could be Biden, but I think he's going to be dead by then. Uh, or it could be DeSantis, which I would definitely hope, and the country would be able to probably recover into a state that was actually manageable 
Trump was doing a pretty good job for four years. I mean, in all fairness, you can bring up a bunch of different examples of things that he actually wanted to do. As a businessman, not a career politician, he was able to do things that you don't usually see. And he was definitely a unique president. And DeSantis would essentially be the uh, better version of Trump. He'd be Trump 2.0. All the good things that Trump is, but minus the bad things. So, I mean, DeSantis, I'm probably not supposed to be essentially writing a advertisement for him on this podcast. That's not really what I'm doing, but I guess I kind of am. <laughs> um, but he would be a great candidate for the election. But, who knows? Still two years out. And pretty soon, this year, in November, it will be a bloodbath for the Democrats. Uh, they will lose their seats so fast that it will be like they're falling out of their chairs. Because all this stuff that the left is pushing, they're pushing it because they know that they don't have long. And because they're pushing it so fast and so radically, they have all these different topics that are really hitting people that they that the people really do not like. And they're starting to think, well, <laughs> Democrats are not good. They're not doing a good job. They do not have my best interests at heart. And while I may not like Republicans, they're the better out of the two options. It's chocolate shoes. Just like how Trump really wasn't a good option as a Republican candidate, but Hillary Clinton was the worst option. And so Trump won. It was kind of a referendum on Hillary as well, and the 2020 election was a referendum on Trump. And that's why Biden won, and likely the next election, the referendum will be on Biden, and whoever runs up against him will probably win. So until that cycle breaks, we'll probably have four-year uh, terms until that breaks. But, I mean, if they do cheat in the election again, then uh, we may have eight years. So, who knows? So, yeah. One one happy fact of the day today, which is, I am so happy to bring this news, is that the airline federal mask mandate has been lifted. It is such a wonderful announcement. It has been amazing. You see, there is a video, I will play it pretty soon here, uh, where it's from Alaskan Airlines, I believe, and the captain comes up and he says, uh... Hello, this is your pilot speaking, your captain speaking, and this is the most important announcement that I have ever made. The federal mask mandate is over. You may take off your mask if you wish. And it's just amazing the celebration. So let's play that clip right here. April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. Effective immediately, immediately, masks are optional for all airport employees, crew members, and customers inside U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. It's amazing. I mean, people are happy. I'm happy. But guess who's not happy? Democrats. You'd think that everyone would be happy to take off these masks, to get rid of the mandates, and bring life back to normal. But no. They're addicted to these. I'm sure you could go online and you could find so many sketch comedies about uh, maskers alcoholic, or, sorry, my bad, 
Maskers Anonymous, and I it would be hilarious, I'm sure. There's so much content there for that kind of skit. It's kind of hard to miss up on that chance. And the left is, they're taking it. They're taking the masks. They're virtue signaling again. They're going online and they're posting pictures of themselves wearing a mask on a flight. And there was a doctor recently that said that you should carry extra masks with you. That you should carry them and when you're on a flight or you're traveling or you're just around, then you should hand out these extra masks and ask people around you to wear their mask. Which is just so morally wrong to me. Because you you can wear a mask. That's your choice. That's your responsibility. That's your risk assessment. And also it helps me know who you are. It's it's a little sign. It's a little bit of a sign. So making someone next to you wear a mask and they don't want to, how do you think that's going to work out for you? Because they're just going to, If what if someone says no? Are, are they going to cry on TikTok? Maybe we'll see that soon. I'm sure we'll see that soon, actually. Um, like, someone will say no. Most people will say no. And I mean, I was just listening to Ben Shapiro, and he made an excellent point that you will be the worst person on the plane. There is always that kid behind you on the airline that is kicking your seat. Always. There's always that one kid. Every time. Uh, or at least once. That has happened at least once to everybody that has flown. I am sure of it. And if you want to be more annoying than that kid, go ahead. Tell tell everyone around you to put your mask on, please. Then Then we'll be happy that the kid behind us is kicking us. So, really, I mean, some really amazing stuff that has happened uh, with the mask man mandates, and I don't mean happy, I mean like uh, just bizarre. You'd think that these would be over in 2021, but we're still a year, two years out from when this actually started, and people are still complaining that it's still happening, and yet when you actually take it away from them, they, they hiss and they scream and they say, no, my precious. And then they, they run back into their hole because the sunlight is burning them. And then they get back on Twitter. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, Putin is being blamed right now for inflation, which is interesting. Because, well, in 2021, inflation was rising like a rocket in January. So I, I didn't hear anything about Russia trying to invade Ukraine uh, in January. So I, I don't know how that works out. In fact, the White House is calling it the Putin price hike. And that's what they're trying to coin it as. But we can really just call it the Biden price hike. And then we'll, then we'll hit a bit closer to home. In fact, in fact I think uh, a reporter for the White House, uh, during one of the press releases, they should... Uh, get up there and say, uh, what, what about the Biden price hike? Uh, what, what's going on there? No, that'd be a bit too cheeky, I guess. But really, I mean, it's not Putin. Putin has done a small amount of inflation to our economy, but most of it has all to do with Biden, with his policies and the Democrats, with their spending bills. It's just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild that we're still 
that Biden is still finding places to blame his mistakes on. So, with that, I'm going to leave you today, and I hope you have a wonderful day, and that you look forward to the future where uh, the world will end and we'll all be released from this terrible, terrible situation that the country has fallen in. Nope, I'm joking, only slightly. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Yeah, and that was the episode, you guys. That was so great. But you guys, we have to share the truth. This is the most important thing. No, but this is like so important. You guys, the truth is not getting out there. And the truth about what is going on needs to get out there. Like, we got to share the truth. People need to know. If they are constantly being led away by uh, things that are not even true, then they're going to fall into uh, these traps that are set by those who lead them with false information. If we share this podcast, so many more people will get to know the truth and be able to get to know what is really happening out there. So we'd like to thank you all for listening. Oh my gosh, yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. And don't forget to tune in next time for another episode.